Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash, with Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Welcome to another massive week of Jack and Flash. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts. And for Amy, the doers of insurance, we're live here on 1629 SEN Tassie, 1611 SEN Track, Northern Tassie, and the SEN app. Boy, oh boy, what a game of football we saw last night. It's a big show coming up. We've got Auntie Hudson, who is in Queensland now, called the game last night. Jackson Thurlow, Launceston star with the finals in Tassie footy starting this weekend. The latest on the Tasmanian bid, hot or not or more. Send us your texts, 0437552535. Now, my partner in crime isn't here. He would have been here if they'd won the game. But it's with great pleasure that I welcome old mate Alex Johnson into the house. G'day, mate. How are you? Good morning, Flash. And I'm, well, I'm devastated for Jack. Oh. I was hoping this morning would have unfolded in slightly different circumstances. I, um, I double booked myself you last did? night, had my first uh, comedy hosting gig, and I was checking my phone in lulls in the, in the laughs. And uh, when I saw Jack bobbed up in the last quarter and kicked a couple, I thought, this is very tough stuff. Oh. And then got home and watched the replay and saw just how close they got. A classic. Absolute classic. And it's been a tremendous 2022 uh, footy-wise. And we've kicked off the finals with, what's the sixth and seventh best teams? That's where they finished on the ladder. And they played an absolute humdinger. We love to hear you call 0300 42 15 33. Or text in 0437-552535. 0437-552535. Tweet us in at SEN Tasmania. Yes, on the tweet. Well, it was a monster game of footy. I, I'm not sure if everyone wouldn't have necessarily heard the radio call, although the radio call with Hutto and Jared, my goodness, what, a, what an exciting call it was. I caught some of it this morning, um, and we've got the highlights, AJ. This was a classic last night. It ended with Cameron and Charlie revving them up. Cameron's kicked his third, and the Lions lead again. Almost call it half forward now. Revolt into a little pocket, beautifully done. But this would be something special. Away to the right. Don't, oh, I tell you what, it's online. It's got the journey. It's carried the pack. Wow, what a goal from Jack Revolt. Incredible. His second of the night. He can still be a killer. He'll drop it up at full forward. Hipwood grapples. Can't mark. Free kick, Bailey with the advantage, Danaher with the goal. Lions, the instant reply. They put their paws back in front. Sneaking their way along the flank, across the pick and off the left boot to Revolt again. Can he do it? As he did before. Revolt's got to kick it 48 metres, just two steps. That's all it takes. He's done it again. Tom Lynch kicks a goal. Or does he? Oh, wow. It's going to be reviewed. 
The umpire thinks it's a goal. That's inconclusive. It's oh, given a behind. behind. Gives it his best. It's not quite enough. Tigers have numbers. Danaher snaffled the goal in the square. Richmond had all their timber. And Danaher flung a boot at it. Got it over the line. And the Lions lead with a minute to go. He's found a chest to Bolter. They've got so much ground to cover. So little time. Rioli. Siren. Brisbane. Somehow. Somehow they do it. They've turned the table on the Tigers. Brisbane has defeated Richmond. 16 goals, 10, 106 to the Brisbane. Sorry, Brisbane Lions, 16-10-106 to Richmond, 16-8-104. I nearly went off like they did last night and they put the Richmond theme song on. We'll talk about that very quickly. And that was the first elimination final, which has ended the Tigers' hopes. What about Lockie Newell last night? What a game he played, the Brownlow Middlesex. He might have another one in his grasp in a couple of weeks' time. He had 39 possessions, clearly best on ground. And, of course, both sides copped significant injuries, firstly, Oscar McInerney, AJ, um, very early in the game. And then the big one for the Tigers with Dion Prestia, who is just so critical to everything they do. So you sort of you look at that in completely different players, but I mean, I guess that's balanced itself out in terms of importance, perhaps. Looks like Prestia was having a big influence up until then. You yeah, know, um, critical players. Uh, he's had a stunning season um, when he's on the park, but uh, obviously susceptible to injury. And, yes. Um, and Big Nan Curvis uh, dominated, but um, it was Lockie Neal getting it out of the middle. So Well, he did. He did dominate. I mean, he had some incredible, incredible stats. He nearly had 50 hitouts. But, look, they did such a good job of um, sharking, sharking the work that Nan Curvis was doing. That second half, very much Big Nanker, who had, had an outstanding game. He was almost just sharking out of the air, wasn't he? Just barreling it for. He's such a good finals player, Nan Curvis, because he, he's very unfashionable in a sense that he just... He will get it, and he'll pound it long inside 50 and get back in the hole, etc. Um, and Fath, if, you go on, please. Well, I was just going to say, if our boy Jack falling oh, short isn't um, a dagger in the heart enough, uh, being a uh, exasperated Essendon fan, the fact that Joe Danaher kicks the winner in a final and it's not in red and black, uh, well, that's more salt into the wound. Oh, look, he was... He was look, Joe Danaher was... Uh, Pretty important, wasn't he, at certain times in that game? He's finished with three goals. Opportunist goal, that last one. I don't know what the Tigers were doing in that back line. They just had to kill the ball. Um, I want to talk about more about Tom Lynch, etc. But let's go to the coaches first. Firstly, it was the Brisbane coach, Chris Fagan. They were jangling a bit, especially when we got in front. There was about a minute to go, and I thought, we just got to kill the clock here. Um, I thought our blokes actually did a brilliant job of just you know, forcing stoppage after stoppage and surging the ball forward. They, they played that little snippet of the game with a with a great deal of intelligence. Uh, I was pretty pleased. I think it was, did McIntosh have the ball at the end down? Some original player had the ball. Yeah, he did. I'm thinking, don't take off. And he didn't take off and the clock kept ticking and it's time to celebrate. So it was, uh, it was a brilliant game of football. Um, probably they didn't, you know, Richmond didn't deserve to lose and neither did we. Um, it was a, you know, the AFL would have to be happy with that as their first final. Uh, there's not many better games of football that I've ever been involved in. We want to win more finals. We're not going to get carried away with ourselves tonight and give ourselves a pat on the back. But it, 
if, if ever there was a way to win a final and you wanted to show that you were made of the right stuff, um, I think tonight we showed that. Um, you know, we look, we look probably gone a few times. And our players could easily have, um, you know, got disappointed with the, the Oscar injury so, so early in the game. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty massive blow. He's an important player to us. And for our guys just to, <clears throat> you know, we lost... Dan McStay early in the first final last year and I felt like that affected us mentally um, and it was something that we talked about during the pre-season and tonight that didn't affect us mentally, the boys kept playing and uh, I like that about our effort because finals it often comes down to what's going on in your mind, in your mindset to hang in there um, even when things aren't going well and uh, we did that so I'm, I'm really proud of our group tonight. He should be too. They did hang in there, didn't they? Because I think I like what he said there, AJ, that they did feel down and out. And, and because it felt like for most of the game, even though it was so tight, the Tigers just had the whip hand. I just love the pride in Chris Fagan's voice yep. then. I mean, life's too short not to enjoy a, a win like that. I mean, some coaches would be all about next week or, yes. you know, oh, the, the job's not done. But winning a final in itself, um, especially it's against a, a quality team, team against yep. Richmond... Uh, is a big achievement in itself and the pride you can hear. Chris Fagan is just a, a great football person. He deserves success. And, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> my heart's heavy for Jack this morning. Oh. But uh, it's full of uh, love for Chris Fagan and um, our old mate Mitch Robinson too, who's been struggling to get into that team all year and to play in a winning finals team uh, would have been pretty special for the old uh, boy from Lauderdale. So, um, yeah, some good Tassie connections on both sides. As far as the Tigers camp goes, the big decision, of course, and the one that we're going to talk about this morning is going to be talked about right across the footy world today is the Tom Lynch scenario. Uh, was it a goal? Wasn't a goal? What we do know is the umpire called it a goal and it went to the review system. Dimmer had plenty to say, not just about that after the game as well. Look, it just probably summed up our year, to be fair. We think about... We're in the fight every game. Um, I think we play a style of game that allows us to do that, but the fact of the matter is the things that haunted us throughout the year haunted us again tonight. Um, you know, the fundamentals of the game, we just weren't good enough for long enough. That's as harsh as the lesson the game will teach us, unfortunately. You've just got to be good enough for a sustained period, and we, we weren't tonight. What did you think about the goal review? Oh... <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, I don't know. I, I just feel the technology's not good enough. It hasn't been for a long period of time. I think we put a lot of money into it, and clearly it's indecisive still. So we've got goal umpires. Pick which way you want to go. Did you speak to Tommy about his reaction? Is it didn't look from the outside like he thought it was a goal, but again, that's a subjective no, judgment. I do. It's, it's bigger than that, though. The whole thing is that the technology is not to the level that it needs to be. So either get it better or don't have it. And just one like that from me, um, is your concern that it was deemed a goal by the goal umpire and has been overridden based on some perhaps inconclusive evidence? Well, that's up to you guys to figure out. I, I can't make that call. Like, I sit there and I see the same vision you do. I see the umpire make a call and generally it's got to be definitive to overturn it. But I've used a gift before, the common sense gift. But anyway, I'm not bringing that back out. <laughs> It's pretty costly, though. Would you like to see some... Oh, really? Do you think so? Do you think it's really costly? <laughs> Would you like to see some investment into the technology over the summer? Well, why don't we just let the umpires make the call? They're paid to do a job. 
let them do a job or don't have them. One of the two. Like, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. But anyway, I was pretty adamant when it first came out. But the fact of the matter is, what we did see is we saw a pretty good game of footy. And one side had to lose, and unfortunately, that was us tonight. It was interesting there when you listen to Dam- Dimmer and they're sort of baiting him, Tom Brown's chipping away and, and then he and he doesn't want to go and then you just for a second he just like, like it, all, it was all coming out. I mean, it's, it was such a... Look, two things from my observation. I'm really keen to yours. First thing, and I don't want to sound deceitful here, but when you're kicking a goal like Tom Lynch did the other day, you're just going up as a player. I know that sounds... But he, his first reaction, AJ, was, oh, I'm not sure. Don't worry about that. I'm just, I hope I'm not sounding like I'm trying to con anybody here. But if you're kicking one that's gone that high there, you're just, the fist is up, surely. Now, so you're sounds, trying to convince the goal umpire well, that even if well, they're not sure, that they won't go to the review because it looks conclusive. Well, you so. should have, should have obviously, the, the, the end of the day, the goal umpire has called it a goal, but... I'm wondering, and this shouldn't be the case, but if Lynch just, you know, punches the fist and what have you and goes, you beauty, well, do they sit up and say, well, or do they say, well, even the bloke that kicked it didn't think it's a goal. We're overturning this. I'm not sure. What's your thoughts on what you saw? Well, I don't know whether it's always the goal umpire who um, initiates the review. Sometimes is there a piece... Uh, in his ear. The AFL has said the ARC reviewed all the camera angles and it is viewed as a definitive behind the correct call was made. But obviously with those quick high kicks, it's it's far from perfect. I mean, it's not like... I mean, I think the technology is good when it's the goal line and you can see it and you, you know, um, because you want the correct call to go ahead. But those ones are so fast and it's, you know, you can look at a different angle that gives you a different... Outcome. I don't know. It's a shame that we're talking about something so. Uh, I just think. But, Lynch, but, look, but Lynch should have kicked the goal. Well, Lynch. I mean, he Lynch wasn't very far the... out. He's a good no. player. He should have uh, made no mistake. Um, he's a great player, and he's had a terrific year. And then I wonder. Let's say, look, we don't want to sound like cheerleaders here. Now, if that's Jack Revolt, right, in the same position, what does he do? Oh, I know what he does. He opens up the angle and just makes sure of it and pokes it through in his left foot. You know, yes. I, I I look at that and think, well, if you're going to do a banana kick, you, you, okay, you definitely do it if you're hard up against the boundary line, if you're not as adequate on your both sides of your body. But with a good angle, one step out the left and poke it through, Tom. Like, yes, no? Oh, well, I wouldn't kick it over the man in the mark, so <laughs> it, would be pretty, it would be but, pretty rich of me. And, and if someone oh. heard me at comedy last night, they probably said, well, why did you think that was funny when it wasn't so... Uh, it's very, very uh, easy to sit back and say, um, you know, they should have dobbed it. But uh, the, the Texas are flying. Seventeen through. lead changes last night. Seventeen I mean, uh, lead changes. One for the one for the ages. Absolute classic, no doubt about. It. Texas are coming through. Send us through all more. We'll love to hear from you. Five four three seven double five two five three five. Five meters out. No need to kick it that high. That's embarrassing. Could have but could have happened to a better person or team. Go Lions. That's from Nathan in Tasmania. He's not a Tigers person. Uh, this one's from Jeff in Glenorchy. How good is finals footy? Gutted for my Tigers, but we had our chances. On with Dimmer. Scrap the goal review. And this one, David in Sandy Bay. Tom did kick the goal, at least according to the umpire. And that's the thing, isn't it? That like they're talking. So we've we've read what the the are. Uh, they are, the ARC decision was, but I haven't seen the evidence yet or the goal um, review or the, the camera angle that's, that 
made it conclusive. Um, that's the question, isn't it? Like, where, where, where is that evidence so we can all see it? Well, the AFL seems confident, but of course they're going to back in the decision. Well, they don't of course want that, they are. They don't want that hanging over their heads, but um, it's going to be, if last night was anything to go by, it's going to be a pretty exciting weekend of footy because that was probably oh, not the oh. number one game of the weekend. But well, uh, That'll be hard to top. I think Geelong Collingwood could have something very special in store for us. You know what I enjoyed? I enjoyed lots of good players playing really well last night. Lynch and, obviously, Lynch and Revolt, terrific, kicking three goals each. Look, we're cheerleaders here, but Jack's second half was outstanding. You know, he he looked the one that was going to turn the game. Charlie Cameron was explosive. He kicked three. Danaher, three. Hipwood, three. So they got even contribution. Shade Bolton's kicked a couple, but I felt like he was almost non-existent in many respects. Um, and then Dustin. We hadn't seen him for um, six or eight weeks, so it was a long time. And look, he he he, he looked way, way, way underdone for mm. mine. And, and I guess that's to be expected. I mean, we expect so much from You've him. You've got to roll the dice with him, though. You do. You know, he could have done one thing that, that turned the game, especially in a game like that that was so close, you know. Uh, who knows, if it was up the other end, uh, he might have been the one that... Um, the kick the sealer, so you had to roll the dice with Dusty. Yeah, we did, um, and then I guess the questions are going to come out the back of that now with Richmond, I mean, about the future. We know that Lambert's, um, what a champion he's been, three-time premiership player, he's done, his hip's no good. Shedder Redwoods is finished um, after uh, what's also been a wonderful career, so the couple of those real mature stars, and now the question's going to be, about Dustin. More Texas coming through. I really hope that that's not the last time we've seen Dusty in the yellow and black. That one's from Keith. And then Harry says, come on, boys, get Jack on to front up. Win, lose or draw. He's part of this show. It would be great to just to wrap our, you know, figurative arms around him from a distance Oof. and tell him that we, uh, we're thinking of him. But um, he'll is bounce it, back. <laughs> the narrative for our show this morning is like... Flip the roll, roll the dice the other way. Where it's a different show, isn't it? Well, and we don't yeah. want to be cheerleaders because no, there's some great Lions fans out there. But when you got to know a guy like we've got to know Jack, especially you, I mean, you thick as thieves. Um, you can't help but feel it. And you know, people were writing him off. Uh, my yep. uh, mates on the text were writing him off uh, uh, during the year, but he can hold his head very high. He played a very important role in some key games in the back half of the year. Will he go around again? Uh, well, I'd like to talk about that as the show goes on. It's great to have your company wherever you are around Tasmania or listening anywhere around the world on the SEN app. We're here with Jack and Flash, David Lithgow, Alex Johnson with you right through to 9 o'clock this morning. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash, with Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Great to have you coming this morning, David Lithgow and Alex Johnson, the boss of Win News, in the studio this morning here. How nice is it, by the way? Can oh, I talk the about it? The sun is streaming into these gorgeous offices you My have here gosh. in Salamanca. You are really in... Uh, Prime locale down here, aren't you? We are. So we're at the top of the Harrison Agents. Um, well, it's not. What would you call it? it's the? It's the. 
What is it? It's a little the, loft, isn't it, really? It is a loft. I like that. It is. It's um, something like you'd see out of Gossip Girl or one of those trendy Americans. I do really feel like I'm in luxury down here. <laughs> no, no one would live in Tasmania. They keep saying, well, there's not a breath of wind outside. The sun is streaming through. It really is a glorious day. We just well, head to the golf course after this. Work can nice. be on hold, Mate, can't I haven't played golf in three months. What a waste of membership that is. That's another conversation. I thought you were going to say what a waste of talent. And I was no, going to maybe query, pull you up there. Query. But, yeah. Off the test. Text AJ, proud Brisbane fan here. A win for Fags and Robbo is a win for Tassie. Love the point you made, Flash. So many of the stars contributed. Kerry in Launceston and underrated the job Dev Robinson did on Dion Presti before he did his hammy. The tagger is back. An early hot or not, boys. That's from Lance in Bridgewater. That is interesting what it's just just mentioned there with Dev Robinson, who did the job on Prestia, and then he moved to Cochin, who really didn't have any influence after that. And on the reverse, they couldn't shut down Neil, who was tagged successfully a couple yes. of times during the year. So, um, and you might see it next week, you know, if they play the Swans, um, they might be able to do a job on Neil. But, uh, yeah, no, there's a, still a big role for taggers in, in uh, the modern game. Team news, AJ, for the other finals, just briefly. Oh, I heard that on the news. Amazing ins for the Cats. Yep. Well, you can catch all the games on AFL Nation right across the SEN network, of course. Uh, Melbourne Swans night. Well, it's a monster game. It's a monster game for uh, any Melbourne Swans fans like my good self. The D's bring back the beautiful left foot of Christian Salem, mm. and they've decided not to bring in Tom McDonald. The Swans have gone unchanged. There was... Talk perhaps that Peter Laddams may have come in. Of course, he got suspended for that ridiculous hip and shoulder he did in the VFL. I don't know if you saw that in the weekend. It was just completely, completely stupid. Four weeks down to three. I don't think he would have played anyway. So that's that's a fascinating game tonight, and we'll talk about that as the show goes on in a bit more detail. Geelong and the Cats. What about these friends? Cameron Duncan Stanley back for the Cats, and Taylor Adams, who, a bit like Dusty, has been missing for a long time. He's had that groin injury. He's back for the Mighty Pies. Mm. Uh, and then Freo and the Western Bulldogs. Lob and Low will play, but they've uh, resisted any urge to bring back Matthew Taberner, and the Dogs bring back Alex Keith and drop Josh Bruce. So that's interesting. We saw the Dogs firsthand their last game of the year. Um, and Sam Darcy went forward for the first time in his short career, three games, and my golly, did he look like he was going to be a dangerous yeah, I think forward. that's the right move. I mean, Bruce, is, yep. Bruce has been missing uh, more regularly than not. Fife's not there. I, mean, I find that very sad, these great champions that are going to miss. Um, he's, he's gutted his way through the last four or five years. They haven't played finals for a while now, of course, um, the Dockers. And, of course, Lib is missing the heart and soul. Um, of the Western Bull. What do you think of that game? Just I know. Well, well I just I'm I'm still not convinced on Freo, and I probably should be. They've played some yep. terrific footy this year, and I know that the Dogs um, can do anything in September. They went to Perth and beat the Eagles on their way to winning that flag, didn't they? First round when no one expected them to win. So I reckon it's a real toss of the coin that one. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Dogs won. A uh, couple of texts coming through here. Aussie from Geelong, not talking about football. He said, Flash, is there any chance we can talk about Aaron Finch? Um, well, we thank you, Aussie. Uh, we will catch up with him at some stage. Of course, he is a man that's struggling for form, the Australian skipper. Um, plenty of cricket. And look, thank you, Aussie. We will concentrate a bit more on the footy. But that is a good story there with, our, with Aaron Finch, of course, struggling for form, the Australian skipper, World Cups, etc., coming up um, as well. 
cats and Geelong in a word? Cats, cats and cats, Geelong. Cats and pies even in a word. Is that the obvious one? Oh, well, I mean, Collingwood just find a way to win. Yes. Couldn't they? Gee, they've played some good finals over the years, those two teams. I oh, remember that pre haven't they? Way back when. 2011? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I think the Cats win. Yes, they, yes. I just think they have a bit too much depth, maybe. But uh, well, Adams is very handy in. He is. One to have fitties. No, that'll be an un- unbelievable game. So will tonight. What uh-huh. a treat. The Texas are flying through thick and fast. This one from Shawnee from Leonard Valley. Get off the fence, Flash. That was a joke last night. The umpire called it a goal. I saw no other evidence. What's wrong with it? That is a massive result that cost us a chance at a fourth flag. Gee. And look, there's a bit. Thank you, Shawnee. There's a little bit there in that. There's another couple up here. AJ well, on the coming same, through. On yep. the same theme, um, Anonymous obviously thinks this is too hot a take to put a name to it. Yes. Have an umpire on each goal post and a boundary umpire on each point post. Yes. Well, that'll be good for the economy, you know. <laughs> but Anonymous argues it'll be more cost-effective than review technology and human resource required to set it up and rule over it. Simple solution. More aligned with the human nature of the game. No-brainer. Noe from Snake Valley, here in the Swans, are nibbling around Tom Mitchell, so they should be, camp for next season, which would be wonderful homecoming. Flash, what are your thoughts? Uh, yes, thank you, Noe. Um, I absolutely have thought that during the week, and they might get him reasonably cost-effective as well, and they could still use uh, another clearance player, but... Noe, I must be frank with you. I'm not looking to Tom Mitchell at the moment. I'm very focused on what we're going to see tonight. And Melbourne, the Swans, is an absolute ridiculous. Got a good record, Sydney against Melbourne and the, at the MCG of recent times, of course. Who wins that game for you? Is it? No, Melbourne does. Sorry, Do, do they? Yeah, I mean... Just hang on. I'm Salem. just going to write a couple of notes here because I've got a big pad from okay. everyone's written the Swans Salem back in. I mean, yes. he played exquisitely in the grand final. He's a player. And, He's uh, a player. So, Handy in. I just think they've got too many weapons for you. I'm afraid, Flash. I think um, I think Melbourne wins the flag from here. I was uh, quietly hoping Richmond might pull something special out, but now they're gone. I think it's the D's by how much? Uh, well, look, I wasn't going to, but because you've been so brash and bold and semi-rude about your stat thing there, I'm tipping the Swans by 20, oh, what a surprise. 29 points. Right. Uh, I think they will break the back of Melbourne, and I think these two teams will play in the grand final, which could be a different result, but that's uh, that's what I'm thinking, young man. Well, I'd have, I think they're absolutely want to have a steak humming. dinner on that or something? Yes, I'm happy to have steak dinner. Okay, we just shook hands there. there okay, there yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with that. I, very look, dangerous betting me a steak dinner. Even though I am on a diet at the moment, I can still do a bit of damage. You do, fading away to Shadow 2, oh, which, yes, is, no. which is terrific. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. We will be meeting with our president somewhere between the 25th of August and the 6th of uh, September. I know that's when I have good, good availability for the president, so we will be meeting somewhere between that date and you've told me you're all available. And I'm optimistic that it'll get done and we'll, we'll meet with, with the clubs on that date. I know the, the Tasmanian government and the Tasmanians expect to have that centrepiece of, of, of you know, functional facility, but Pride, the way Adelaide Oval is now in South Australia, the way Optus is in Perth, the way MCG and Marvel are from Melbourneian. So I don't think Tasmanians want a, a, a team if they get one without, without a new stadium. That's what the, that's what the deal's going to be. Nothing's changed on that. 
That was Gil McLaughlin uh, on Monday, AJ. So, uh, yeah, that narrative this week has been a bit interesting. And you mentioned about um, off-air before we started that the, the stadium conversation seems to have somewhat died down a little bit. Yeah, I think um, the Premier was trying to make the point that it's um, not as pivotal to the decision as maybe it was the last time you had me on when it was all about the stadium and it seemed like an ultimatum. Um, But Gill still wants it. Now, how much detail does he want? Does he need to know exactly what the plan is uh, or does he just need to know that there's uh, in principle support obviously from the state government and the federal government? Now... We're going to hear from the Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, in a minute, but yes. his, infrastructure, his Infrastructure Minister, Catherine King, was in Tasmania around a month ago, and she was very open-minded about supporting it. Now, Labor at a state level, well, they've been a bit of a wet blanket about the stadium, mm. obviously, and you can understand why they're trying to prosecute a case that we need to spend more money on health and need to pay our emergency services workers more, and they're saying, how can a stadium be a priority at the moment? But Big Brother in Canberra, they might win the argument in the end because there's a lot of reason why Anthony Albanese would find investing in Tasmania appealing. Yes, 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 they won the last election, but not because of Tasmania. If he spends money down here and is seen as a big part of why we get a Tasmanian AFL team, well, yes. then they might win those seats next time. He's he um, he's got nothing to lose backing it in. Um, so the premier, I he can talk- actually he can almost swoop the glory from the, te- the 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 local government in a sense and sort of come in from over the top and and put his hand up and say we sorted this. Well, they, the state government can't do it on their own. No, they need they will. a big chunk of money from the federal government. Even if we downsize to something smaller than that original plan, I think that regatta grounds plan. I think that's not feasible. I think it's more likely it ends up down at Macquarie Point, yeah, no doubt. Uh, which sort of solves two problems at once because Macquarie Point, if you're a local listener, uh, it's been a headache for the government. So yes. they might be able to so- solve two problems there. And they, I know they're looking at those smaller boutique stadiums. They talked about one with the Perspex roof, yes. so the sun comes in. It's not retractable. Yep. Um, so it'll be very interesting. I, I talked to the Premier a little bit, and he seems confident but not... Cocky. Yes. Um, the, the PM throwing his support behind, I mean, it's only pretty token, but That's uh, good. he's got a lot of um, political capital at the moment. Well, one person that does always and has been a big supporter of Tasmania football and certainly their quest to get their own team down here is Caroline Wilson, and she spoke on Footy Classified the other night. Well, we know Gillan McLaughlin's been holding ongoing talks with the Tasmanian Premier. We know there's no stadium as yet. Federal government may get involved. Gillan McLaughlin is juggling a lot of balls in the air. There is a theory that Tasmania will maybe push politically to play at least a portion of the games in Launceston, and that's why they're not pushing the stadium as well, Sam. Some presidents believe that there'll be a meeting next week and that they'll be given a lot of information, but they are demanding several weeks to dissect that information. And the earliest they will meet to make a decision is grand final week, but I reckon it'll be in October or the last week of September. I believe there are four presidents who are still anti. Gillan McLaughlin is working very much, I think, on a couple of them. Um, I think he, I know he's been talking to How Jeff many Brown does he need to shift the vote to well, a favourable? Well, he says he wants it. 
He wants you the know, majority. So why, why then? The on 18 that, CEOs it, met two weeks ago and they're all in favour. Why do we get to the point where presidents, if Gillen's having to shift their minds to be in the positive, why have we got to this point I anyway mean, that, that the presidents are deciding? Well, some of the CEOs would say the same thing because they're, mm. they're all for Tasmania pretty mm. much. We're all the They're lame duck CEOs. If yeah. Their presidents no, I, are over. You've got lame duck CEOs. Why would you, if you're the AFL Commission, want people like, well, Jeff Kennett's on the way out, so I don't yeah. know if we can really count him and what his, what his successor thinks. Why would you want people like Andrew Pridham and Jeff Brown against something that you want everyone... They, they just want to bring them... But they just want to bring have, everyone there. Why have them vote if you're trying to force their hand? Well, well I don't them. think they're asking them to vote. They've said, they've said if they put it to a vote, it would get up. Why can't Gillen just say, I want this team? It'll happen, but he wants to bring everyone with him. Fascinating, of course, there as well. Sam McClure was involved in that, and he started banging on about the stadium, and Tassie have stuffed it up, etc. But he, another, that's probably not quite on what the, I guess, the the gist of where everyone's been heading in recent times. You mentioned, AJ, about Anthony Albanese, and yes, perhaps in a sense, there was a little bit token about what he said, but albeit when the... The captain of the country comes out and says um, this, this and this. It can't be a bad thing. Let's have a listen to what Albo said the other day on Monday. An AFL question. Should Tasmania have an AFL team? Is it time for the AFL and the other 18 clubs to do the right thing? <laughs> the, the big picture. Um, <laughs> I hope Tassie does get an AFL team. Uh, Tasmania mate. has produced some great champions in AFL over a long period of time. They've had, of course, uh, Hawthorne, the team that I supported, played at, I'm not sure what it's called these days, it was Aurora Stadium at one stage, uh, in Lonnie, and, of course, North have played uh, in Hobart. Uh, But uh, that's a decision for uh, the AFL uh, to make. Well, first thing, Prime Minister, uh, we've made a great contribution to Australian rules, yes. not just AFL. Yes. But we'll let him off. He's a Sydney boy. And uh, free plug for the energy provider there instead of UTAS. Uh, but I like the fact that he's confident. He could have easily just, uh, pardon the pun, handballed that and said, oh, look, that's business for the AFL, but he decided to speak positively about it. Um, the stadium talk is interesting, and uh, my colleague Brent Costello was on the wireless and Jared Healy seemed surprised at the idea that there'd be games played in Launceston. He had it in oh, his head Jared. that he had it in his head that if you build this new stadium then you play all the games in Hobart. Well that's just not gonna fly. Of course it's not. Like politically that's not gonna fly. But but that's not what Tassie won either. No, I think I think if you ended up with the stadium, uh, you're probably looking at like a seven four split, something yes. like that. But I think if the team got off the ground before the new stadium was built, there's a big argument to play more games in Lonnie than in Hobart. Oh, because yes. I think It's a better facility. Well, it is a better, a better ground to play footy at. So you could even have the inverse there and have in the first two seasons. Because Gil has said he's happy for a Tasmanian team to start without the new stadium. Otherwise, you're looking at like 2027 at the earliest. It would take a while to build. I've had another text come through from Big Norm from Glenelg, and he said, Flash, can you please add Sam McClure to your watch list? He's no good. 
Okay, that's pretty frank. Thank <laughs> you very much from Big Norm. Men- it's a bit menacing. It, it's um, we didn't again. We, people didn't realise he was uh, he was whacking Tasmania in Tom Brown styles as well the other night. It, it is fascinating, Albanese. Um, he, I didn't think his knowledge was too bad there. He sort of ticked off a roar and he sort of and he sort of made a few. Um, he, he knew a little bit what was happening in Tassie in terms of who was playing here and. He didn't have to guess too much because it would have been a question without notice. He wouldn't have had... Yeah, it was in the National Press Club and yeah. they, they don't get uh, heads up on what they're going to ask. So we'll give him a pass mark. I think he's a six and a half out of ten for what it is. And, but you're right, I think that's the important thing, what you're saying. This ain't going to happen unless there's, there's, um, there's a level of federal government uh, input to get this moving. Yeah, exactly. And they're going to play the politics. They, they've got to make it a Tasmanian announcement, not just a Hobart announcement, because they're a long, long way away from winning the seat back in Hobart. So they don't want to alienate people in the north of the state. Yes. So I think Utah's is up for um, investment as well, isn't it? That's got some work in the pipeline. So that's a big part of the puzzle going forward because um, it's proven. I mean, hosted the cracking finals last yes. year. Don't forget that. And no one said, oh, that was completely inadequate. Oh. Those two games were, were sold out. So they were. Um, that's a big part of the puzzle. It, it'll be very interesting. I agree with um, Lloydie a little bit. Why Gill needs to take this thing by the that's scruff right. of the neck, doesn't he? That's right. If right. he wants it, yeah. just do it. I mean, he wants it to be part of his legacy. Just, just do it. Jack and Flash this morning with David Lithgow and Alex Johnson. Text in on 0437 552535 or tweet us at, at SEN Tassie. We're rolling through the first hour. Apology letters coming up and we've got a really good topic to talk, to, to talk about. And speaking of gills, yes. we might be speaking to another powerful gill later. Damien Gill is going to join us as well. Hope you're enjoying the show. <laughs> Well, AJ, there's not always a lot of apologising here, especially when my mate Jack is on the other side of the table with me because he's never apologised in his life. But you know what we're going to do this time? I'm going to do an apology letter that is deserved for our mate who's sitting uh, up in Queensland, a bit despondent, probably had a couple of beers last night. Um, I think he deserves an apology letter. Now, there is lots of evidence we could bring up here to start this segment, but I've got some audio from early May 2021 where Kane Corns is discussing about Jack Revolt. I just wonder whether there is a discussion that needs to be had with Jack who turns 33 at the end of the year, almost like a Luke Hodge style to potentially have a coffee with him, shake his hand, say you have been an absolute legend of this club. We think you've got two or three years left in him, but we don't want to lose Callum Coleman-Jones. If you stay, we probably will. Is there an opportunity to be really mature about this? Yeah, so there's... And there's a long list, by the way, because you you go back to two years ago and Gary and Tim on our flagship program in the morning both asked him to retire. Do you know what, mate? I think he's been terrific and he still remains absolutely important to everything Richmond does. He was superb last night. Yeah, I mean, his um, goal-kicking is a joy to watch. I mean, oh. he's kicked some goals from tight spots this year. Absolute clutch, his second goal last night. Like, that, that, is, that, isn't, that is a goal that the very, very good players only kick. If they win last night, I think um, 
Jack's uh, influence would have been a big part of the what top, we'd be talking about this people. morning. And look, yep. we come at this from a, a place of love because we admire him. But he has bounced back. He had two down years in uh, 19 and 20 and then bounces back. Um, 50 odd last year. Yeah, and, and nearly 40 again. and um, Missed some time. And he's so good for Lynch as well because he's he he's smart about where he can draw his so defender to. Yeah, so I, uh, Richmond are still in their window, I think. Um, we've seen the emergence of players like Rioli and Bolton this year, so uh, they'd be confident they can mix it again next year. And I think Jack is still part of the puzzle. Maybe not as much time on ground, but I would be very reluctant to um, put pressure on him to hang him up. I think... Uh, his footy smarts um, are still worth something. I've got about 100 mates too that tried to retire him off two years ago, but we won't get into that. Jackie Boy's up to 752 goals after last night, so 800 inside, assuming he goes on next year, which I think maybe he will. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash, with Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Tom Lynch kicks a goal! Or does he? Oh, wow. It's going to be a review. The umpire thinks it's a goal. That's inconclusive. It's given a behind. behind. Gives it his best. It's not quite enough. Tigers have numbers. Down to her, snaffled the goal in the square. Richmond had all their timber. And down to her, flung a boot at it. Got it over the line. And the Lions lead with a minute to go. He's found a chest to Bolter. They've got so much ground to cover, so little time. Rioli, Siren, Brisbane, somehow, somehow they do it. They've turned the table on the Tigers. Welcome to another hour of Jack and Flash. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts and for Amy, the doers of insurance. We're live on 1629 SEN Tassie, 1611 SEN Track, Northern Tasmania and the SEN app. What a call last night from Jared and Hutto and AJ. Without further ado, we can go to Queensland now where Anthony Hudson, well, the best couple commentators in the game, joins us from the sunny state. Good morning, Hutto. Uh, Good morning, Flash. Where's your mate? Well, look, obviously we've just had a bit of shift in momentum um, courtesy of a gun footy apparently last night and I'm not going <laughs> to have I know my, you've got a very good replacement there, but just thought Jack might, you know, have hooked up the equipment from the hotel room this morning. Oh, I think it's um, pretty much a sort of get stuff sort of operation, to be quite frank with you, Hutto. Um, it's not a like-for-like like swap, Hutto. You've got a different uh, size player down here today. I don't have. Uh, I couldn't have kicked those goals Jack did when it counted last night. Wow, it was amazing, wasn't it? That second, both of them are very limited run-up. The second one, particularly, and uh, I, I mean, the second one, I, I thought it was every chance. But the first one he kicked up in that last quarter, what a goal, boy! Yeah, if it went the other way, I think we'd be talking about just how good he was in those big moments. But uh, footy mm. can be cruel. What did you make it of it, can, and the wash-up as so you wake up? There were so many moments to yes. digest, wasn't there? I, I'm looking forward to 
Unfortunately, the TV here, we don't have... Uh, it's uh, still the, the hotel TV. is very NRL orientated with the Foxtel choices. So I ended up watching the European golf last night when we got back rather than watch a replay of the game, which I really wanted to watch that last quarter. And, gee, there were so many moments, wasn't there? There was indeed. An interesting start, wasn't it, with the, with the loss of the big boy from, from the Lions and losing your ruckman in that, I guess, in such a big game so earlier on and then the tables get turned and Richmond lose such an important player, as we know, especially in finals the last five or six years in Dion Prestia. What did you make from it in the commentary box early on? Let's, let's start with the, with the first loss and the first sub the Lions had early on. Well, it's... Always interesting when a ruckman gets subbed off when they don't have a like-for-like replacement, isn't it? And I think sometimes it upsets the opposition as much as it upsets the team who's lost the ruckman. And then Curvis, he had like 26 disposals, I think, and he was a huge physical presence. Um, but McStay did plenty, and uh, it probably got and it got Danaher going. I know he didn't have the perfect game, but he he, he looked threatening and he and he came up with a with a winning goal. So McInerney, yes, he was a loss, and he had that he had the physical advantage over Nan Curvis or would have. So they, they lost in that regard. But it didn't necess- doesn't always necessarily mean that um, that the advantage is, is significant. And it just I think it just makes everything a bit more chaotic. I think Prestia's loss is significant. Um, he was already you know he was it wasn't dominating, but he's such an important clearance player for them. So I think his loss was significant. I was surprised Edwards didn't play in the first place. To be honest, I. I, I thought they had enough young players in the team that they, they sh- probably should have chosen Edwards, but um, probably a good reflection on where Richmond are at as they do try and, um, as, they, as they're in some sort of list transition, I suppose, at the moment. But, um, yeah, I think Prestia's impact ended up being more significant, albeit it was only for a half than McInerney. Hutto, a couple of times Richmond looked like breaking the game open, got sort of two goals up and... Big question marks were on the lines. Were you uh, impressed with the heart they showed and their resolve to keep themselves in the match? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's a good point. I, I think Richmond will be will be filthy on losing the game for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, the review to get to. Um, but even though there was a record number of lead changes, and I think seventeen record for a final. Amazing. It 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 still felt like it was Richmond's game, didn't it? it was it Brisbane did. playing catch up the whole night, pretty much. Um, and Richmond always seemed to have the answer. I think they had, you know, they had they had the game probably set up the way they would like it. Mostly, um, it necessarily reflected in the inside fifties. They were probably more even than you would have thought. But particularly in that third quarter, when they kind of kicked three goals in a row, they really threatened to take the game away. And and it, you know, Flossdome was on top in defence. Lynch was getting on top of Andrews. Andrews, I think, probably won the night. It was such a great battle. A lot of one-on-one battles, and Andrews was really pushing the line of what's acceptable and what's not. Um, so that was that was really good. But it looked but I, I think what you talked about, late in that quarter, a few more came with Lockie Neal. He's been unbelievable all night. But Bailey, he started to electrify and he hasn't really been able to discover his best form that he showed last year and early in this year, really in the back half of the year at all, other than a couple of glimpses here and there. But he was massive. I thought Barry tried hard all night and he given that they were down without Lions, he was always going to be an important player. So I, you know, I, I really did think that... Um, and, and Charlie was good, like his defensive stuff, both with him and out the ball. Cameron did some really important things last night. So, yeah, I was, I was impressed with Brisbane. I thought the way they, they looked like they were just about gone. And, and I'm, sure, I'm sure the crowd helped them every time they were kicked a goal. It, it got the place pumping again, although there was plenty of Richmond supporters. So 
Yeah, it was a great, just a great game of footy. And you know, both coaches said at the end, you know, someone had to, the old, you know, someone had to lose. It really, it genuinely was a case of that last night. Whoever lost was going to be really licking some wounds because they would have thought they were a chance to, to go, you know, at least one week, maybe even two weeks further. Fascinating that was an even spread across both teams, really, wasn't it? You look at the Lions with Cameron and Hipwood and Danaher, all with three apiece, and mm. a bit similar tale for the Tigers. Can I just concentrate on Lockie Neal for a moment? And I, I, a champion player, Brownlow Middle said you might have two, you know, going forward. Who knows? Um, I, I, for one, have had a slight query um, just at this level of finals footy and I guess that reflects Brisbane's last few years where they've been so close but yet so far in many respects and I thought you know and he's got to carry the weight of so much burden on that midfield I thought that was his greatest game of his career last night uh, what, what did you what, what did you feel being touching distance there last night from your perspective yeah I know it's hard to disagree with that I think I really loved what he did in his Brownlow year. Like, I think he became a much better player, and I always had extra admiration for those players that are already top liners that can then find a way to improve. He, he, he straight away in the start of that year, you noticed that he started. He was kicking the ball a little bit more. Uh, he was getting forward a little bit more, um, and I think that uh, you know, in the shorter games, might have helped a little bit. But that that sort of was something he was able to do. And then he had a disappointing year last year with a bit of injury, and the form wasn't as good. And he went away in the off-season and he just got, you know, there was talk he was going to go home. So obviously there's a few issues going on. And then he just got even fitter. And so he's just, he's just, you just see him, you see him there and suddenly he's over there. And just that ability to get contest to contest and, and to be able to produce a game like that in a final um, and, you know, and, and still has carried on being a more damaging player, being able to not doesn't hit the scoreboard a lot, but more than he did and, and certainly, you know, con- contributes in the lead-up to goals. Yeah, that was a hell of a game. He's carrying, without Jared Lyons, who's their probably next next most uh, uh, bringer of the, of the, you know, the muscle around the contest. Um, that was a that was just a heroic performance. You'd have to question why Richmond weren't tighter on him. It was pretty obvious to that he was the key and they don't tag generally Richmond. Graham, obviously not super fit and they chose not to play him so they didn't really have a tagger in the team I think they'd regret that Hutto part of me just wants to focus on the spectacle and what we saw last night I mean the best parts of our game on display uh, especially goal kicking and that's what I love to see but of course the big talking point is the Tom Lynch kick and the decision um, when you called it on the radio, if you were driving in your car and you hear goal and that puts Richmond, what, nine points up? That's right. You would have been pumping yeah. the air and then you called it so beautifully, hang on, but wait, you know, it was almost like <laughs> there's more. Um, did you see more? Yeah. I mean, that's the question. Did you yeah. see more? Where were you? Did you have no, a good vantage we point? We, well, we were, we were on the other side of the ground, so we didn't have a view. I, I I'm trying to remember who, whose reaction I went off to say it was a goal because Tom Lynch certainly didn't give that indication. I, I think it was the goal umpire's body language, which you get used to reading over time, that made me think it was a goal. And and then, but hang on, he didn't look completely convinced. So all of a sudden, as you said, it was like that. And uh, wouldn't it be have been great to have had eyes in the bunker last night and then even eyes in the... Um, in the in the or, or some sort of uh, supersonic way of understanding what was going through the man in the arc head last night. Did he look at the reaction from Lynch? So did he have that? It just subconsciously know that Lynch didn't either didn't think it was a goal or didn't know. I mean, geez, it was hard to. I, I, again, I haven't had because of 
we're on the road. I haven't had the opportunity to look on a really big screen and look back at it frame by frame. But from mm. what we saw last night, it's short. It, 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 sure, it looked like it was above the post, but there is so much parallax error or whatever the technical term is in a two-dimensional um, two-dimensional angles that we have of something that is three-dimensional that Correct. I don't think you could, can, from what I saw, I don't think you could overrule that. But of course, the AFL have ticked it off. They've done oh. a great job. They've ticked their own work off. Well done. It, it, it's, sorry, you can no, I was just going to say, we know how persuasive a um, an appeal can be in cricket. I mean, maybe Lynch should have just uh, no, I, run yeah. back to the middle and high-fived well, everyone. Uh, this is, look, I and it shouldn't become part of the discussion, but uh, as I said to you earlier, as at the top of the show, is that if I kick that goal over at OHA twos, <laughs> and in that situation, I'm walking back with a fist pump, and I'm, let's go, boys, bang. He's called it a goal, and it shouldn't be part of the discussion. And that but, says a lot about your character, Flash, I think. Well, mm-hmm. possibly. However... You've got a bending. <laughs> you've got a bending banana kick. So the ball's spinning the other direction. So that three-dimensional comment you make is yeah. very important in this whole discussion. I'm selling the goal because it's a fifty-fifty, and I like. Yeah. And this is hard to, to you know, to actually say this definitively, but that makes a difference to that outcome last night because I can't believe yeah. that if the goal, the, the goal umpire's called it a goal. The bloke just kicked, it's pumped the fist. He's going back to high-five Jack Revolt and, and Rioli, whoever's around him. I reckon we're having a different discussion, which is which says a lot about where we're at. Is that is that reasonable to say that, Hutto? Yeah, it does. It, yeah, I agree. I mean, look, and I, I was having a go at your character. I would have done the same. Don't worry. I would have been of course you would have done. I've played, I've played um, some sport with you. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, I would have dropped it right through the middle. But anyway, that's another story. Um <laughs> No, it's it's such a it's such an it's an interesting and really difficult, complicated discussion. So much resources go into the arc, and now they want to put more in. And is it worth it? Why don't we trust the goal umpires? And I have no issue with that uh, view. If we want to say we're just going to trust the goal umpires and we're going to live with the mistakes, yes. that that is fine. But then we have to all make a pact that we are going to live with the mistakes. So when we get an absolute howler, we can see it clearly on the replay, and not. Nah, we're just going to accept that that was a mistake. There's so many mistakes made by umpires and players all through the game. So we've just got to agree with that. What what we have seen with like we used to be sold by the AFL that oh that I remember one year we were told yeah, the umpires goal umpires we've reviewed it and they made three mistakes for the season. Well, mm. we've since seen that that is a that was a complete lie because <laughs> within it you know within a match there's. Two or three where the goal umpires have no, don't really know yes. whether they've made the right call or not, minimum. So I think, you know, you can see why it's been brought in. You can see the need. So it, it seems like this happens in every sport. It's brought in for the howler. It then becomes way more than that. And I, I don't really know why. Like, if you just, if you keep the, if you keep the specifications and the, and the, uh, the, the breadth of what you can, what you can and can't do, then, then we can have it where it can, it can just clean up the little obvious errors. And if there's any doubt whatsoever, you just go back to the goal umpire. And that, that's probably where I think it should live. Um, but, you know, if, and obviously if there's technology that's affordable and all that, that's going to improve, great. But it does come at an enormous expense to the game. And those expenses could be spent probably better in, elsewhere. Uh, last one before we let you go, Hutto. Um, the footy for the rest of the weekend. You're back down in Melbourne tonight. Um, let's start with the Swans in Melbourne. What's your thoughts? 
Yeah, oh, it's a great weekend. And what, what an electrifying start to the finals. And, you know, not so for Richmond fans, of course, and uh, and uh, someone I know uh, who booked his tickets for the rest of the finals coming from uh, <laughs> coming from Europe to watch Richmond. Just thought he'd get through the first week final. <laughs> now, now he's on fixed tickets coming over to watch the other teams, which is great. But um, <laughs> Melbourne and Sydney, well, I, mean, they, I, I have no idea about Sydney all year. They've been a really tricky team to read. Um, I've loved what they've done. Their transformation in the back half of the season has just been terrific and you know, with the likes of Warner and then the maturity of Mills and Heaney and Buddy, when you think he's finished, he turns on a big quarter. So I, I, if, it'll be really interesting. And then you've got Melbourne as well, so who looked like they were struggling, but you know have um, have probably found their best footy. I think is still as good as anyone. I, I'll, look, I'll tip Melbourne tonight, but it's a guess. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Sydney win. Sa- and then Saturday, Geelong and Collingwood. It's kind of massive at the MCG, just massive. You have to go with Geelong on form, but we know their record in qualifying finals. But if Collingwood are, are there with them, then the, the psychological stuff of what the Pies have done and what's happened to Geelong previously um, will be a factor. And then the, the forgotten final, is I feel like it's been a little bit between the Bulldogs and Fremantle, um, you know, key players, particularly Liberatore, is a big out. So maybe I'll just, I pro- almost would have tipped the Dogs, but I, pro- I, I, I probably just way now back to the home Fremantle. But that's a really difficult game to read. The Dockers beat them most recently, but it was a strange game that, possession game of footy. Rory Lobb was kicking goals from 55 metres out, which you know, you're not going on angles, you're not going to be able to rely on that to kick a winning score. So it's a, it's, a, it's another one that's a toss of a coin. But yeah, a great weekend of, of footy ahead. And um, unfortunately for Richmond supporters, they're done. And it, now we look to see what, what happens with them in the off-season. It's, a, it's another topic we could talk a long time. What are they going to be like in 2023? Who retires? Who goes on? Catch all the games of AFL Finals right here on SEN Tassie on AFL Nation. Can't wait to hear you and Jared uh, go around for the second course of the first week of the finals, and it really does promise to be a beauty tonight. Looking forward to the Ds and the Swans from the MCG. Thanks for joining us, Hutto. Yes, thanks, thanks boys. Enjoyed it. Good calling. Anthony Hudson coming one to us best. live from Queensland. More than one of the best. He's right up there with the very, very best. And what a game it was and what a call from Jared. Footy's pretty healthy, isn't it? Like, oh. We had a, you know, the, the health of the game was a hot topic a while ago. But um, we've seen some perfect footy this year. The sort of stuff that we grew up with. High scoring last night was high scoring. It was an epic. No doubt about it. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. David Lithgow and Alex Johnson winding through the second hour here on Jack and Flash. Plenty of stuff happening around the world. We haven't had much chance to talk about so far, but the US Open very much rolling at Flushing Meadows. What a great tournament. It's always good, the US Open, because it's prime time in the morning. You can get up and you can catch things. Well, Popperin now is playing against the number 14 seed, Schwarzman. He lost the first set 7-6, and it's 5-all in the second. So the big, tall, six foot seven Aussie, he's playing a little bit better at the moment, and he's... Just one of those guys, Popper, and you think he could crack the top 30 one day. Um, Duckworth went down this morning in four sets, sadly, for him. Rain affected. Uh, 
And then we've got Kubler, who's had a terrific Wimbledon, made the fourth round. He's playing He's playing the American TFO, the 22 seed. And, of course, Kyrgios will play tomorrow. So that's very much tracking for Sniff a Sniffer dog. Matt Sniffer dog. He smelled a bit of a, he's got, a green substance he's like in the air. like a beagle. He can tell when someone's drunk. He can tell oh, when someone's amazing. high. He's, you know. Yeah, he's got it all, hasn't he? Well, he's going to play it. Well, it's all set up maybe for a fourth round against Medvedev, of course, and that would be outstanding. I've got to say, Kyrgios has been just tremendous. He looks like he's putting things together. Text in on 0437 or tweet us at SEN Tassie. Now, just before we get to a couple of little snippets I want to talk about, off the text, Craig from Hobart. AFLW, gents, the standard has lifted again. It is now becoming obvious that the capabilities of the 18-year-olds coming through having played con- constant footy in their junior careers is allowing them to stand out from round one. To think what could be possible when we have a Tasmanian AFLW team. I couldn't agree more. Just talking to our... Uh, a friend of ours, Brett Gapen, during the week, his youngest girl, she's she's a gun. And she's seven years of age. And this is the thing now. These girls can actually have a kick from day one and actually build up the skill sets. That's it. You've got a running start now. It's um, yes. Some of the local stuff is so exciting. And I think they've got the um, formula right here in Tassie with the three divisions. Yes. I think that sets it up for such a healthy future when you've got clubs from the old scholars playing clubs from the SFL and, uh, yeah, I think it's a very bright footy, uh, footy future here for AFLW in Tassie. Lynch's goal, another one off the text here, non-celebration is akin to Gilly walking up after nicking it. I like it. X from Miana. Mm. So there you go. X is happy with... Uh, Elite honesty, is that? Well, well, I'm not sure it's even about honesty. It's, about, it's, it's a helicopter ball going through... Assume the sale. Anyway, I think it's obvious what I think about that. Gerard from Lindisfarne. Queensland's Country Bank Stadium is perfect for Townsville population of 180,000 people. Parramatta Stadium is amazing. Boutique stadiums are perfect, provided ours gets a roof. So that's interesting from Gerard, giving a bit of a snapshot of what he thinks maybe we can, you know. Um, I think that's right too. I think... They've got to find something that's politically palatable. So if yes. they said, oh, well, the original price tag was $750 million, and now the Premier comes out and says, oh, actually, we found a way to build it for $500 million, and half of that's coming from the federal government, then suddenly it's um, much more politically palatable, and uh, I think it'll have broad support. little snip bit for Saturday, of course, at Icon Park. The Tassie Under-18s under footy team have had a wonderful, wonderful year. Might touch on that with Damien Gill, who's coming up after the news. They're playing with the opportunity to go one further week deep in the Under-18s carnival. They've had a wonderful, wonderful year. Jackson Thurlow not joined us this morning. He's had a newborn baby about nine days ago and hasn't slept a wink. We'll have him on next week. He's got a big game to prepare for as well, so... He is indeed. We'll give him a pass mark there. We've got a decent person to have that conversation with as well. Not Ready? quite the same footballing talent, but... No. Some talent nonetheless. I think we'll give Damien Gill that opportunity to tell us about his talent. The AFL Tasmanian CEO joins us this morning. Good morning, Gilly. Hope you're well. Morning, gentlemen. I tell you, what a wonderful morning it is in God's country. It is a beautiful oh, day in Hobart. Isn't it? I mentioned it earlier. There's not a breath of wind. We're up here at the at the Harrison Agents in the loft, and it is glorious. They reckon that people don't want to live here, Gilly. Is that right? I can't believe it's true. No, that's a, that's a myth. That's a myth. That is uh, a myth. I but... say, Flash, 
you know, if they don't want to be, that's okay. It's better for the rest of us. It's an unbelievable place to live. That's what my old man's always said. Just don't tell anyone how good it is down here. I think finally, though, they've worked it out the last few years, Gilly. TSL finals this weekend. Very, very exciting indeed. Um, this is what it's all about, mate. And in your role, you must be really buzzing about what we're going to see over the weekend. Yeah, this time of year is a special time of year, and not just in the TSL, but all competitions. Once it gets to the, the pointy end, uh, the crowds get bigger, uh, the excitement um, builds, and uh, we see the best footy on show. So, yeah, in the TSL, certainly looking forward to two cracking clashes over the weekend. Um, of course, Launceston, top of the table, up against second-place Tigers for a ticket to the grand final, and... Eastern Shore rivals Clarence and Lauderdale uh, playing at a venue. Go. I'm going to hazard a guess they've never played together at before. Mm. So, uh, very, very exciting. Got elbowed off uh, Bell Reeve, Clarence. Uh, will that hurt them? Do you think that uh, uh, will be a problem? It'll be interesting. Um, I'd, I'd, obviously, they'd, be, they'd prefer to be playing at Blunston. Um, and they're coming up against a side in Lauderdale who their last game played the home team down there in Kingbra at Twin Ovals and got the win. Um, so, it, it, yeah, I, I think they'd definitely prefer to be at once and let's, let's not sugarcoat that. But um, Clarence have sort of any place, any time all season have found a way and they've been terrific under newly re-signed coach Peter Ryan. So uh, I think they'll go in favourites in that one up against Lawlow, but it, it should be an absolutely cracking clash. Is there a scenario where Launceston don't win the flag, do you think? Uh, well, they'd, they'd certainly be short-priced favourites. There's no question about that. They've only had one blemish all season, which was up against Lauderdale. Um, outside of that, they've been uh, very, very slick. Uh, they've got selection dilemmas galore. They've got a lot of depth. Uh, they've been able to tune up some of their veterans and make sure they're ready to go for, for the final series. So they'll take some beating, but... You know, Kingborough uh, on their day have the weapons to do it, and with Kieran Lovell back in the side, yeah, who knows? Last year, everyone thought that Launceston was going to skate through the season undefeated, and on this first qualifying final, uh, they got done by North Lonnie and had to go the long way around to win the Premiership. So I'm sure that's a focus from Launceston to not repeat that, but it does mean that it could occur. Your excitement levels um, will also turn to Icon Park at some stage, I would imagine. Gilly, very, very much looking forward to catching a bit of the under-18s game tomorrow against Bendigo. Um, this young talent we've seen this year from some of these young boys, we had Tommy McCallum on the radio here a few weeks ago. Terribly exciting. Oh, incredibly exciting. And a lot of the credit has to go to Jeremy Webley and the job he's done with this group. Hasn't he what? Uh, we're, we're a bit of a different program to some of the other programs in that we scale a, a state. So we have three satellite groups that we have to bring together into one. Um, and I think we've been able to make that a real strength for us. And, um, yeah, they've just been terrific all season, the Devils. And, uh, yeah, Bendigo tomorrow, um, which I fancy our boys to get the chocolates. And, I do too. And we're into a prelim. Um so, yeah, it's incredibly excited. Sort of, if, if we get up this week, it's somewhat uncharted waters for uh, Tassie footy in a competition like this. So, yeah, just um, kudos to everyone involved and uh, long may it continue. And, Gilly, do you think that success will translate to hearing a few more Tasmanian names on draft night? Because we've had a couple of lean years and a, 
and be nice to hear, uh, you know, a handful. I, I think the NAB League program is integral in that space. A large percentage of the draft comes from the NAB League. Um, we've had a disrupted entry into the NAB League. We came in in 2019 and then 2020 and 2021 were a bit higgledy with the way COVID was. So uh, this year we've been able to put a really strong season on the park. And I think it, yeah, it, it holds our boys in good stead. Uh, they're able to see the standard from a draft pool perspective week in, week out. And yeah, I'm, I'm bullish. I'm hopeful that a few more names will get read out on draft night. But that's not what the program's all about. It's about improving people, improving footballers wherever they ply their trade. But yeah, hopefully for the boys, a few more names get called out. At the top line level, Gilly, before we let you go, how are you feeling about the Tassie AFL bid? Um, is the understanding seems to be at the moment that we will get a vote? Um, let's just take us take take us into your mind. How, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I'll, like everyone's sort of waiting with bated breath to see what comes from the decision. Obviously, a lot of work's gone into it. Um, the 11 work streams that the AFL and the government have been working closely with. Um, there's been, yeah, a power of work that's gone into this. And, uh, yeah, it's, from my perspective, it's just great that the conversations about Tasmania um, has been taken really, really seriously. And, it, like, we work in game development and community footy. It's impossible to deny what the opportunity would bring for us if there was a team. So, yeah, you know, as a Tasmanian, fingers crossed, uh, we'll just wait and see. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll know soon enough, Flash, and uh, we'll all be, yeah, one way or another, ready to go on with what the next phase looks like. And, yeah, as, from where I sit, hopefully it's a team. Fingers crossed. Gilly, we're running out of time, but in a word, you saw the Bothwell Rabbits win the ODFA last week. You were there in the flesh. Was that a magical day? Yeah, it was magic. Um, absolutely love that competition and what it brings to the table. Just proper community footy. Um, huge crowd. They had to stop letting cars in. It was magnificent. It, it is, and I do appreciate the fact that you get around to all the venues I and say, I look forward CEO. to seeing you at Hutchins Dosa. I'd imagine for at least a half, Gilly, uh, tomorrow and what should be a terrific contest as well at North Hobart. Uh, thanks for joining us, mate, and uh, all the best with finals happening all over Tasmania over the next few weeks. No worries. Thanks, Jen. Cheers. It's hot. Real hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. This is hot. It's so damn hot. Not. Oh, it is hot. It's not. It's signs that it might be reasonably warm too in Hobart today. It is a sparkling day in Hobart. Thanks so much for joining us all morning. David Lithgow and Alex Johnson with you with Hot or Not. Now, buckle in here, young man. I'm going to kick us off. You know how this works? Yes. Okay. Starting right from the top, this is the big one. Hot or not, Dustin Martin has played his last game for Richmond. Not. I think he stays. I think. Uh, I think he's a Tigers man. Well, let's. Dimmer was talked about this last night. I think we've got some audio here. Let's have a listen. Well, he's got two years of his contract to run. So, as far as I'm concerned, all the speculation comes from the people sitting over that side of the table. So it's pretty simple to me. If you guys keep talking about it, it creates speculation. The reality is. I'm telling you that he's got two more years of his contract. He's not going anywhere. Bang. Well, I love that, Wendy. The, the, the bristling sound of Dimmer when he's like that. We're on the same page there. Flash, hot or not, Aaron Finch should use the T20 World Cup as his swan song and aim to retire on top. 
Uh, yeah, look, it's a hot. And if he gets there, look, look, we've got to be frank about this. And clearly Aaron Finch, is, the, the reason he's in this job is because he's an outstanding leader. And that's why he's held on so long. We heard George Bailey talk about that two days ago and said, and we know Bailey is going to back him in until the last, last minute, as he would do, the sort of guy he is. But his form for two years in both T20 cricket, one-day cricket, it's not good enough to hold your spot in the best six batsmen in the country. Um, that's hot, and that's whether he gets there. I think that's as frank as we can be. Hot or not, let me take over with this one. I'm enjoying to hear what you think about this. Sports fans need to cut Cam Smith and Mark Leishman a break as just about anyone put in their shoes would take the cash and spend more time at home. Hot or not? Not. Mm. I don't like not. it. No. I don't want to get sanctimonious in the spot. Me not, too. For me, it's not so much about the efficacy of it all and the Saudis and the money. I just... There's not enough characters in golf for us to have Division. the game split in two. Mm. And I just can't see a world where I'd get excited about the outcome of a live event because three rounds it's yeah and everyone gets paid anyway yep. so where's the where's the juice yep um and cam smith is one of the reasons why i'd watch a regular pga event now he's got a few things in his favor which i'm sure would have been a big factor in yes. why he said yes he's exempt five, five years. years of the majors um including the pga and he's in yep and he's a skilled enough player to um, compete in the majors, even if he's not getting that week-to-week cutthroat um, competition. But I just think neither tour now appeals to me massively. It'll make the majors bigger because that's when everyone will come together and finally you'll have something with high stakes on the line. But I get it. It's going to be great that he can be in Australia more. I'm sure Norman will organise a live event in Australia and that'll be a lot of fanfare. And it's great that he's playing in the Open. I can't begrudge him saying yes to the money because, you know, it sets him up for life. But, oh, I don't like it. It's a, it's a dark day. And, and for Smith to leave, it's the biggest body blow for the PGA because he is the one player that's left that has his best golf ahead of him. Most of them, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka big names, but probably their best golf is behind oh, them. He's the best Smith is the more. opposite of that. Um, Did you see the shark with his kid off again the other day? Oh, the shark. Hey? Did, did, you know what disappoints you in your life? When, and he, I, I had probably three heroes as a kid, David Byrne, Paul Kelly and Greg Norman. And Greg was equal to the, any of them. I was obsessed with him, you know, as we watched that mid to late 80s run and he became the best player. He's not a great bloke. He's just not a great bloke. And that saddens me. I just don't think he's a good bloke. There's a theory that he'll step aside <laughs> and someone who's more of a um, peacemaker will come in and live, lead, live, and then maybe they can come maybe cooler heads will prevail. But we can't have a split competition no. with two tours that are sort of running at two-thirds full. Flash, hot or not? Ooh, gee, I, I got too hot then. Ooh. Essendon should abandon a process and enter negotiations with Ross Lyon to become coach. I don't. I think that's hot, and I'm not. Really? Just, well, I, I, and I say that because they've oh, said that. Hang on, they've said two things. They want an experienced coach, so they've wiped everybody else out, which I don't agree with. But if you're going to go an experienced coach with where that footy club is now, who else are you taking? Like they're not going to go know. to Brendan Bolton. I they're not going to go to Lepich. They're not going to go to one of those guys that have you know had a had a taste of it already. 
didn't work out. Now they're in successful organisations as two ICs. What, you're the Essendon man. I know. I like Ross Lyon, but he's not the answer. I don't know what the question no, is. No, he might but not, he's not be. The no, I, 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 I think Essendon needs to find a, a people person. I mean, look at what Craig McRae's done oh. this year to Collingwood. We need someone who improves the culture that comes in and, and gets people loving footy again. I don't. I think Ross, a bit like um, some of those golfers I mentioned, I think his best days are behind him. Uh, just quick, hot or not, how's your golf form? Hot or not, just quickly do Cold. This. Ice cold. <laughs> what were you playing off now? Seven? I've gone from three to eight. <laughs> You've done that a few times in your career. That was hot or not. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. A beautiful morning coming to close. At least the radio part. We're here, Harrison Agents, upstairs in the loft. And it's a beauty stunner here in Hobart. Now, good news here as we just wind through to 9 o'clock, AJ. What about our mate, Brett Jeeves, who's been inducted to Tasmania's Field of Fame along with Luke Butterworth and Ben Hilfenhouse. Wasn't that good to see a couple of days ago? It warmed the heart, and uh, Jeeves yes. is pretty um, uh, self-effacing, um, what's the he word is. I'm looking for, yep. deprecating yes. at times um, about his cricket, but it was a reminder that when he was at his best, oh. he was electric, um, and probably, uh, through a little bit of bad luck, uh, could have had an even bigger career, Could should have played more Shield games. He always had the talent. and back um, let him down a bit, and, and I think he'll say himself too, he sort of sits back now and thinks, mm, maybe I could have worked a little harder in certainly some respects, but I love what you said there. In terms of his, when he was going, he bowled 140 clicks, he bowled fast. Hostile, Hostile. I described it as. And... Um, yeah, played some great Shield cricket, but also um, was instrumental in uh, a couple of those one-day titles. As a very young man up in Queensland, yes. played well. Yes. Um, and I have to apologise to Brett. Oh. He rang me and very nicely asked me to cover one of his terrific Reckling carnivals. He's doing great work yes. in uh, grassroots sport uh, for Reckling. And I promised him, I crossed my heart, that we'd have a camera there. And Flash, I completely forgot about it. So an apology letter to the Field of Fame inductee and those other two boys. I mean, he's a great friend of Luke Butterworth's. He was hugely unlucky not to play for his country. And the Hilf, well, he swung it at the highest level. So all three of them, very, very big parts of Tasmanian cricket. No doubt about it. I think you've got a seven for there in some backyard arena there many years ago yourself (laughs) with your little nerdies. Mate, it's great to have you come in this morning. won't be the last time as we... Step into the summer months, Sam Edmund, and the captain's run is very close. Thanks so much for joining us here this morning on SEN Tasmania. Jack and Flash, catch you next week.